as we talked about, man, Romans has been the, the cause of revival for a lot of folks. And uh, I was excited when God gave me the peace to be able to preach through Romans because I personally need revival. Man, I need revival. In fact, a lot of you have asked, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And it's like, dude, pray that I have revival, man. That's what I need is revival. And I'm grateful for those prayers. And I'm grateful for what God's showing me in this. He's making it, making it all fresh, all brand new, knowing what I have in Christ. And so now we're getting ready. We've been through the introduction. We're still in chapter one. And we've kind of hit a phase where now we're going to start getting into some meat, man, some stuff that's got a lot of encouragement for you if you're a believer. And, and it's, it's a great offering to you if you're not a believer that this is for you. This is what you get in Christ. And so Paul, in his introduction, he's kind of saying, you know, to him, hey, this is, you know, I live for the gospel. That's all I live for. Man, I want to come see you guys. In fact, Paul's plan at this point in time was he was up in Corinth in a big major metropolitan city sharing the gospel, spent a lot of time up there, wrote two letters to them later. But man, he's all up there and he's saying, all right, next, next, I'm collecting money from the church in Corinth. You guys got a lot of money. You're rich people. I'm collecting money so I can kind of bring this money down to Jerusalem because the, person, the believers are being persecuted down there. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their homes. Dude, they're still following Christ and there's revival going on. But man, we need to financially help them. So he's getting a collection from Corinth and he wants to bring it down to Jerusalem and then later he says then I'm going to go to Rome after I bring this offer and I'm going down to Rome and then I'm going to go down to Spain here's my plans how many of y'all ever made plans like that I'm going to go here I'm going to go here I'm going to go here I'm going to do this how many of y'all you make plans right all right hold on to those plans loosely even if they come from God because it's still God's timing Paul did end up eventually in Jerusalem but you know how he ended up in Jerusalem? As a prisoner in chains so he could actually share the gospel with the emperor at the time. He didn't, he didn't go exactly the way he had it planned. He never did make it to Spain. But he knew that wherever he was, whatever was going on was ordained by God. And he had the confidence to know that whatever came into his life at any point in time, God set it up and it was the very best thing that could ever happen to him. Yesterday, when you were floundering around in those waves, were you saying, oh, this is the very best thing that could happen to me as you're getting ready to get dumped? No, but it ended up being so good that you shared it with us that, wow, once I got through, anybody ever paddle through like the inside and finally you make it out there? If you haven't yet, wait till you get older, all right? And you get out and you're like, oh, God is powerful. Man, he's awesome. And whatever he set up is the very best in this. So that's kind of where Paul's at. And he's writing a letter, and so down in Rome, which is this the, the biggest, most metropolitan, uh, highfalutin, you know, most sophisticated philosophers, and I mean, this was the epitome of education, of medicine, of every everything that anyone could want, whether it was philosophical or it was just flat-out physical power. Rome was it, and and they're taunting Paul, going. Anybody ever do that to you, man? Like, oh, what does that mean, man? Anybody ever like, oh, you won't do it. You won't do it. You're a chicken, man, right? That's what they were talking to Paul. You're a chicken. You're a chicken. You're not coming down to Rome. You know better than to come to Rome. You got this kind of backwards. You're just, you're, a, man, you're, you're a Jew. You don't even know what you were for half your life. You, you live for the Jews. Now you're living for this, this Jewish carpenter that, got killed on a cross yeah i mean we're romans and we conquered this one little area of 
this one little podunk group of people called Jews. And Jerusalem, man, that ain't even important to us. Paul, you're a nobody. Paul, you're preaching a message about a fable about some Jewish carpenter that got killed on a cross. He couldn't even save himself. What are you doing? Come on down. Come on down. We'll throw our big debaters against you. We'll show you what philosophy really. We've had people like way more important than you come and bring some. Paul, you're not coming down there with that little fable, are you? You're chicken, right? You're chicken. Anybody ever call you chicken? What do you got? What happens when you're chicken? You go, rup, rup, rup. what are your two responses? What are your two responses? One, what, Terry? What, one, you go, oh, yeah. And they might even take you. I dare you. All right? And if daring doesn't work, then what's the next step? A double dog dare. I double dog dare you. And out of pride, you're like, oh, yeah, here it goes. I'm coming in all this. And, but, but Paul didn't do this out of pride. Paul said, ashamed? Ashamed of the gospel? What are you, crazy? Man, you're nuts. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You can call it whatever you want. You can look at it as some podunk fable of some Jewish carpenter that killed on a cross and supposedly rose from the dead. You can call it whatever you want, but I know it's real. And if the, de- if the living knew what the dead know, get this, if the living New, that's you guys, you're living, that's your neighbors, that's your co-workers, that's everybody. If the living knew what the dead know for sure, everyone would be following Christ. Amen? Think about that. What does the dead know? What, hey, Tom, I'll, get, I'll let you go first so you don't have to come up with something. What's first, what do the dead know? There is a God. And what else do the dead know? Anyone? Roger, what does the dead know? Well, they, they know that there's two abodes. There's heaven and there's hell. What else does the dead know? What do the dead know? Y'all raise your hand so I don't have to pick on somebody. Yep, go ahead. The what? That Jesus is the way that what God said wasn't some podunk fairy tale in the corner of some little teeny civilization that Rome happened to conquer just to squash them down. No. Have you ever thought about this about Israel? How big is Israel? Man, it's a teeny, t- I used to know, I think it's the size of Connecticut or something. I don't even know those states up there. Y'all, y'all are from up there, right? You know, you know that little area? Yeah, it, Israel, teeny tiny, right? Who does not escape the news every single day? Every news, everybody in the world at some point is hearing about Israel every single day. It, it's there. It's God's place. Jerusalem's God's city. It's God's plan. And yet the world's so distracted by so many things and they think it's nothing. But if the living knew what the dead know for sure, they would follow Christ because they would see that God used that little place of Israel, that little nation of Israel, and he brought us a Messiah, which was the greatest thing we could ever have. Amen? That's it. And so they're like, Paul, you're... Oh, that's a roaster. Sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up, but <laughs> I got carried away. But, 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 man, the, the are you impressed with my country, my, my rooster skills? You, you know what I did as a little kid when we got out to Granny's farm? Yeah, I, I communicated with those animals. I read Doctor Doolittle, but anyways, I digress. But, but listen, man. Again, what if the living knew what the dead know? They follow Christ. They would realize this is it. And I sometimes think even us as living spiritual people, if we really knew what the dead knew, oh my goodness, our whole life would be radically changed. 
our priorities would be changed. Our focus would be changed. I don't think God's asking you to do anything different in your occupation. I don't think he's asking you to go live anywhere different. He's asking you to shop anywhere different, unless it's Target. But I'm just saying, but I'm, some of y'all get that. But some of y'all are like mad at me now. Like, oh, no, they're all messed up. But, but listen, man, I'm just saying, our life would be very different. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you'd have one focus. You'd understand why God has left you here after he saved you. And it is so that you can share the gospel of others. But how many of y'all will admit you have gotten in some circles? You've even gotten in some situation with some people where you knew that God wanted you to share the gospel. And God says, go. And you're like, <laughs> anybody? Raise your hand and tell me if you've ever been, I don't want to use the word ashamed, because that sounds kind of, that's, dude, that's why Paul used it, because you should be ashamed, me too, but it, 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 it's more like scared, it's more like, but if we knew what the dead knew, would we be afraid to share this? No, we have to understand that perspective in there, so that's how we have revival, is understanding what we truly have in Christ, so man, in fact, God left us here to share this, and I want to share with you super quick, this little extra, since we have all this extra time today, right, Terry? And uh, is, in this is we're commissioned by Christ to tell them, we know, as a believer, you had to know what the dead knew to give your life to Christ. You had to understand that, man, I'm a sinner, and because of my sin, I have earned a free trip to hell. The wages of sin is death, we'll learn later in Romans. You had to know that. You had to believe it in your heart because God made it alive and real in your heart. And you had faith enough to say, wow, I have sinned. I am a sinner. So therefore, I sin and I have no choice but to sin. And in this old wretched body, I'm going to continue to sin. And I've earned a trip to hell and I don't want to go there forever. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift that all you have to do is receive it through faith if you have the ability to believe it. It's not something you can see. It's not like a cup of water. Here, receive this cup of water. I can tangibly take that. If I were to go over here to JT, say, JT, here, take this cup of water. <laughs> JT's like, what cup of water? But if God's giving you the ability to believe this cup, that you can see this cup of water, dude, you're taking it. And what are you doing with it? Man, you're drinking it, and it's everlasting. It never is. So the gift of God is eternal life, but it's through Jesus Christ our Lord, and he's got to give you the ability to believe that. And, and, and so, so in that, when we had the ability to believe what the dead know, we know that when you die without Christ, you go to hell. When you die with Christ, you go to heaven. Regardless of your pre-behavior, post-behavior, during behavior. God, if you're, you're God's child, he's your parent and he's going to take care of you. He's going to discipline you. That's why you're called a disciple, to make you more like him. I love what somebody said back there, Karen, I think it was, that everything is there for our good to make us more like him so he gets the glory when that happens. We've talked about that a lot. But we know what the dead know. At least sometimes we knew it at salvation. And so he left us here. He commissioned it. We're commissioned by Christ to tell them that. So check this out real super quick. The, this, is, this is when Christ, uh, after he rose from the dead, before he ascended, he had the 11 disciples up in Galilee, and he began kind of preaching to them, and he said, and Jesus came to them and said, all what? What's he say? What is authority? Yeah, all, the, the right to tell you to do something, right? All authority, you know? 
Uh, back in the day, maybe it's still now, but didn't you have all authority to tell people who could surf at the rocks and who couldn't? I'm just messing with you, right? But were there people that had all authority? Oh, it was Chuck. Oh, she's like, don't be blaming me, man. And, and so if somebody has all authority, they have the right to tell you what you can and cannot do. They have that right. And most people assume that right. They take that right until somebody with more power takes it from them. Or they give it up because it just ain't worth it. It ain't working out. But Jesus says, how much authority is his? All authority. God the Father who created this universe that controls the tiniest atoms to the most giant planets. That God with all that power. He's almighty. Chuck, if he's almighty, how much might does he have? And if he's got all the might, how much you got? None. He's almighty, and he gave all authority to Jesus Christ. It's like the boss coming to you at work. You know, you ever have a boss that tells you, hey, a policy change. Hey, here's something that we're going to do now. Have you ever gone, oh, heck no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got another job. I'm just saying. But, but they come to you like, no, for real. Like this, this speed limit thing that I will experience next week with grace and mercy of going 25 miles an hour on Indian River Drive or going along the line of the flow of traffic. I'm not sure what's happening there, but yeah. But, but yeah, they have, they have the authority to change that. The county commissioners, they did. They had the authority, okay? Now they have to have the power to enforce it. <laughs> Christ has both. But the one with all authority in this universe nobody has any more authority. Look what he says. He came to him and said, what's the next two words? All, help me out, all authority in heaven and on earth. Is there anywhere else? No, dude. All authority anywhere with anybody. Would you say he's in charge? He said, I have all authority in heaven and earth and it's been given to me by God the Father. So whatever he says to do next, do we say, oh, I don't know if I should do it or not? No, the one with all authority said, go do it. He has authority over you, especially if you gave him your life. He has authority over the world who says, no, don't do this. And, and, and so if the world throws you in jail, guess what? Dude, you got a jail ministry, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you got whatever God wants to do with it, that's what God's going to do with it. But I want you to understand, he has all authority. That's what he's saying. There's no other authority but me, and here's what I'm telling you to do because I left you behind. He said, go, therefore. The therefore is therefore. You have to go to the previous verse to see what the therefore is therefore. And it's therefore because he said, I have all authority, so now go. As you are going, all right? As you're on airplane, Terry, you sent a beautiful like, video the other day of you. Uh, you didn't send that to everybody, did you? Just us, right? Oh, Terry was in the most wonderful position in an airplane, he was, between, he was between a couple of really big people, right? And he had a long flight, and Terry, Terry like was, <laughs> yeah, uh, go, you're going. So there, it's to make disciples. I don't know, that's, that's the first thing we got to think of. Go, as you are going, make disciples. As you're going, whatever you're doing, make disciples. The root word of disciple is discipline. Teach them the discipline that God has taught you to put in your life. Oh, wait, I don't have any. No, you need to get some. 
The fact is, is when you give your life to him, you haven't arrived. You have positionally, but practically, he's trying to help you discipline your life, to add some things into your life and take some things out of your life, to create discipline. You have to discipline that yay who's sitting between y'all? Do they have to discipline you? What does it mean to discipline you? Say that again? Teach you, yes. I thought you said beat me. I was like, no, no. <laughs> it, could, it, could, it could move to that level, all right? But it's to teach you whatever it's going to take to teach you. Why would they want to teach you anything? Why do you need to be taught? Because you don't know everything, right? And, and, and so they have to teach you things that you don't know. And then they have to correct you if you don't do those things. Uh, what if they just left you out on your own all by yourself? Would that be cool? Sometimes, right? But overall, well, what happened? you wouldn't be able to pay the bills. You wouldn't be able to eat. You wouldn't be able to, nothing. You need that discipline. And so, so discipline's part of everything. With God, we don't know everything. We don't know anything. How many of y'all need God to teach you some junk, right? <laughs> Every single day, he's got to teach us something. And when he teaches us, then what do we do with it? What do we do with it, Ashley? We teach it to somebody else. That's what making disciples is. It's helping each other see life from God's perspective. I see life from God's perspective when I'm in this situation. And then later when you call me or I see you or we're paddleboarding, we're out on the boat, we're out talking, and you're like, oh, yeah, this happened. Oh, I can't tell you what to do, but I can say, oh, when that happened in my life, guess what? This is what God showed me to do. And I'm helping you understand what God did in my life. And if we have a bunch of people like that in our lives, we see life from God's perspective. And we realize how big he is. We realize what he's doing. So he says, go as you're going, as you're on that airplane, as you're on the bus, as you're in your truck, as you're on your skateboard, as you're wherever you're doing, as you're going, make disciples of all nations. Anybody that God tells you to make a disciple with. People who bring, how many of y'all ever have people just bring stuff up random in your, you know, and talk, oh, hey, man, don't you wish this, uh, oh, oh, man, um, this is such a bummer, oh, man, this is, you know, like, wow, well, when this happened in my life, this is what I, we always have opportunities. We don't necessarily even have to go out and look for them, do we? We always have people coming to us wanting to tell us their troubles, don't we? And people telling us their joys. And you understand they're coming in our life by God's design so we can share with them what God shared with us. Go, therefore, and make all disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's bringing them into a body, into a fellowship. Baptizing is helping them realize in baptism that the baptism represents Jesus' death, his burial, so he could be a substitute for us and save us, and him rising again to be able to give us power to be able to live through any circumstances he's given us. But it's a symbol of us dying to our old life, saying this old man's dead. The old man's dead. I don't have to listen to the old man that wants me to do things that God doesn't want me to do. I don't have to listen to him anymore. He has no authority over me, can't make me do anything. Devil can't make me do it. Nobody can. I can God volunteer and do it, but I'm buried with Christ. He's dead. I don't have to do it, and you can't make me do it. And you all agree with that? You agree with that? Gary, you agree with that? So if you do it, it's because you wanted to do it. And you got to kill it again and kill it again until it just becomes repulsive. you got to realize, man, it's so much better living for him. 
and you've died to being the boss of your own life, and you're rising now, and you're not doing it in your own power. You got the power to do it, Gary? No, you're doing it in God's power, and it's by faith. God didn't all of a sudden give you a, a my, my wife wanted to borrow, I got this little power bar thing, you know, where you can charge like phones, four phones for like five or six times. She wanted my power bar, I'm going to loan that to her. God doesn't give you something tangible like that. What he gives you is he gives you the word and you have to believe by faith. You can't see faith. You can see the results of faith, but you can't see faith. You can see the circumstances of the world, you can see the evidence, you can see your feelings, you, you, can, you can see all these things in front of you. But God just says, go do it. And you're like, God, I can't see what's going on. He said, then just keep your eyes on me. You just keep believing me. That's what faith is. In spite of, you can't see it. But he said, just keep going and believe me. And watch me work. That's what faith is. In spite of the big mountain of evidence, of circumstances and feelings and situations and everything else that's very, very real in this world. But you got to know what God says and you got to have faith. So he says, go therefore, make all disciples of all nations, baptizing them, death, burial, resurrection. How many of y'all been baptized before? Let me see your hand. Right? So you made a public proclamation, man. I'm dying to be in the boss of my old life. How's that going, y'all? Y'all still need some work on that? Y'all still working on that? Yeah. But you said, I want to die of being the boss of my life. Why would you do that? Because, well, being the boss of my life wasn't working out so well. And it's still not, but... We let him be the boss, and then we rise to live a new life with him as the boss in his power, because you don't have the power, but you were raised with Christ, is what we're going to learn. You have his resurrection power in you. Give it a shot. Choose it, as opposed to choosing to follow the old man. You got a choice. Remember that old like cartoon guy with the devil and the angel on the, each shoulder? Do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it, right? Get rid of this guy, man. He's a bad info. All he's going to, he can't help you do anything. You can do it all on your own in the flesh, but it's dead. You don't have to. Take what God's saying and just do it. You have the ability to just do it. So he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, and teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, which we talked about. And he said, oh, by the way, I am with you always at the end of the age. So by the way, I have all authority, and I'm with you. Now here's what I want you to do. But how many of y'all sometimes think making disciples, being in that group of people, being, man, what would you do? I used to have my youth, my youth group in Orlando when Shaquille O'Neal used to be there before he was a trader and went to the Lakers and all that. But man, oh, he used to, uh, he, 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 man, and my kids would be in the airport, and they'd see famous people like Hulk Hogan. And uh, Ricky Martin, oh, what was that dude, Ricky Martin? I didn't even know who these guys were. They're like, oh, Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin in the airport. And they're like, I'm like, did you share the gospel? We're on our way to mission trip. Did you all share the gospel with them? No. What'd you do? I got their autograph. What? God hooked this up. Well, I was afraid. They don't want to hear. Man, why would God hook you up? If he hooks you up with the most famous people, what if you got to go to Congress and talk to Pelosi and Schumer and, and everybody on all sides? What if you got to go do that? Would you just give them a piece of your mind that you couldn't afford to give away? I bet you would because you don't know what your real purpose is. Man, preach the gospel. Dude, if they knew, especially when we get into this part with what the dead know and believed it they would want to hear what you have to say and if god puts you in that position that's why you're there it's a 
big, if you could imagine, the other day I made burgers, all right, for our family dinner, I made burgers. Oh, and I bought these buns. I love these buns, man. I don't even know the name. I, just, I, see, I, I don't know, but they're at Walmart, and they're top-notch Walmart, you know, top-shelf Walmart, right? Not great value. They're a step up, all right? But these buns, man, dude, they hold a burger, man. But Emily, where's Emily at? Emily, where are you at? Oh, back there, gluten-free Emily. Now, I'm not making fun of her because she literally, gluten gives her migraines. She figured out there's some certain things that she gets migraines from, and if she avoids them, dude, that's a smart girl, Skylar. Keep that in mind, she's a smart girl, all right? She's with you, so I'm still reconciling all that. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> she's a smart girl, all right? But so I'm making burgers, and I'm like, oh, I was going to get you portobello mushroom to make those your buns, and she's like, oh, no, I can take lettuce. And I watch this girl take a, bur- a burger and wrap it in some lettuce, the whole burger. Now, I ain't lying, but it was squirting out, all right? You need a bun. It's... And she did the best she could because she's a smart girl, but you need a bun. How many of y'all agree you need a bun on your burger? If you're going to eat it with your hands, right? So you got this big old burger, man. You know, two old beef patties, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, tomatoes. I can't even remember it anymore. From McDonald's commercial, remember when that was real? But, man, you got bun, you got lettuce, tomato, onion, mustard, pickles, ketchup, mayonnaise, man, bacon, jalapenos, man, whatever you want, dude. It's a big burger, can you imagine trying to hold on to that burger without Austin? Can you imagine trying to hold on to that burger without a bun? No, dude, the pickles are squirting out your fingers. You got mustard and mayonnaise running down everything. You need the bun to hold it together. It's a massive burger. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world needs a massive gospel burger, amen? They need some meat. Man, they're trying to like... Make artificial meat. They're like trying to turn plants into meat. Cows already did it, all right? Just saying. They just need some meat. (laughs) How many Okeechobee folks I got out here? I'm just saying, man, they need some meat. But to hold that big thing, all of that junk, without a bun, that's hard. Like, And that's what we feel like. God wants me to share the gospel with all these people. It's hard. But you know what the bun is in this Great Commission? The bun, the bottom bun that it all rests on is, first of all, he said, I got, I'll give you all authority. I have all authority, and I'm telling you with all authority, this is what you do. This is what our authority says. He says, oh, so even if you got a bottom bun, Emily, and just lettuce on top, but I'm just, I'm just saying, do they make gluten-free buns? I could get you gluten-free buns and won't have to watch that again? Oh, yes, I will do that, but... All right. Yeah, yeah, y'all can fill me in on that later. All right. So anyways, so so again, the bottom bun is better than no bun. And the bottom bun is he said, go do this. The top bun, look at the top bun. And I am with you till the end of the age. So you got this big old gospel burger. Now imagine handing that to somebody. Imagine you trying to hold. You can't. You need the bun. And the bun is this, the bottom bun. I have all authority. And I am with you always. What more do you need? I have all authority, and I'm telling you to do it, and I am with you always. Here. Now you got the bun to handle the beef. Now you got the bun. It's the complete gospel. What if all we did to the world was just hand them the bun and just said, hey, here, Tom, I have all authority in God. (laughs) Good luck. And and he's with me always, and we hand him that bun. But we don't give him the meat, which is the gospel. It's the complete package. 
And, and, and if you understand, if you can even think about that, even this afternoon as you eat a burger, man, how many of y'all are getting hungry now? You're like, dude, it's 1041. He's going to go another three hours. No, I'm not. I'm getting hungry right now, all right? And I wasn't really planning on spending that much time, but here we go. So again, man, understand God's made it manageable. He has all authority and he's with us. And, he, and that's how we handle the gospel in this. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the day. Say, Sue, uh, when, when's he not going to be with you? God, no. <laughs> that, all right, that's a good answer, God. He's, who is always with you till the end of the age? God, there you go. I should have rephrased my question because you had lights on, nobody home, man. I'm just saying. All right, there we go. So in this, so know what you have, man. You have the gospel, man. And, and so here's where we're at now. They said, Paul, you're a chicken. And they didn't have to double dog dare Paul. Paul said, no, I'm not ashamed. Ashamed? What are you, nuts? You don't know what I have. If you knew what I have, you would know I am not ashamed. Man, if you knew what the dead knew, you would not be ashamed to accept this either. You just have a different point system. You have a different value system. You have a different philosophy, and it's wrong. Here's the right one right here. Man, am I ashamed? Not a chance. So look what Paul says. I am not ashamed of the God. How many of y'all surprised he said that? <laughs> After all I've just said. No, he said, I'm not ashamed. But I want you to understand that the emphasis on how he said that. It, uh, dude, there's no way in the world I'm ashamed. Paul, man, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the most religious guy. He went out and killed Christians and their babies and everyone else and their signs and... <laughs> Paul, Paul went out and, 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 and it's good, man. I'm glad you got excited right there. Paul went out and killed Christians, all of this stuff because he thought it was wrong. But when Jesus Christ visited him on the road to Damascus, when he had a real encounter with a living God, it's like, dude, I'm all in. He surrendered. He put all the zeal he had before in the wrong thing into the right thing. And that's what he sold his life out to. No matter what your occupation is. You got a bean mobile. What's the purpose of your bean mobile? To become more like God and to glorify Him through your bean mobile. If you're retired and you get to go snook fishing every day, what's your purpose, Gary? No, I'm just messing. You got other things doing. Right now, you're like a construction contractor, right? Trying to get your place back in order before your wife gets home. But <laughs> yeah, whatever he's got. Dude, when you go through that little procedure, is that procedure really about you, JT? I'm going to talk about it, but uh, no. The nurses you meet, the anesthesiologists you meet, the people you meet. God's hooking all of that up. So, man, he said, I ain't ashamed of the gospel. Why would I be ashamed of the gospel? And look at this, man. He goes, do you know what I have in here? Check this out, y'all. You see my gospel bag right here? Do you know what I have in here? How many of y'all saying he's nuts, he's flipped, he ain't even got nothing in his hand? I do. But just like the gospel, you can't see it. So if you can't see it, what does it require for you to be able to believe it? Yeah, what's the F word? Faith. You got to have faith that that's what this is right here. It's no tangible evidence that, oh, you know, you can see it in people's lives. But the fact for you to believe it, you just got to believe God. And God's got to give you the ability to believe it. Because can you always see how something's going to work out? No. 
In fact, the more faith that's required, often the more trouble there is in the middle of it where you can't see how it's going to work out. It's going to take more faith, but that's God growing your faith. So here's my gospel bag. Do you know what I have? Jack, do you know what I have in here? Dude, I'm going to tell you what I have in here, man. You can fish with this, Jack. I'm just saying, you know what I have in here? I have power. This is what he's getting ready to tell you. I have power. Oh, well, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. I keep bringing their names up. And Donald Trump, let's throw that one in there too. And whoever else. Oh, how about Klaus Schwab? Y'all, how many of y'all know who Klaus Schwab is? Y'all better get to know who he is. He's like World Economic Forum. And he's the one that says, you will have nothing and you will love it. Go look up Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. Go look it up. It's not tinfoil. You can make me a tinfoil hat if you want, but it's real. You can go, go. All of that. There's so many people in this world that they, oh, how about Prince? Oh, no, I mean King Charles now. You think he thinks he's got some power? And do you think he does? By world standards, absolutely. All those people have power by world standards. And they can mess our life up by world standards. But they can't do jack to me. They can't do anything to me that's not going to go through God Almighty first. And whatever God lets go to, go to me through them or whatever, it's the best thing I could be a part of. So if I end up in jail, y'all, for preaching this, y'all come, y'all come visit me, but encourage me in this new jail ministry that I'll have. I'm just saying. They think they have power. Rome. Oh, my God. Greek, Greece thought they had the philosophical and, and education, the, the power, intellectual power. In fact, in fact, the word barbarian that we learned last week in, in this book, it, it came from the Greeks thought that anybody who didn't know the Greek culture, they were barbarians. Their language was so base. Greek language is pretty, pretty crazy. It's pretty, pretty intense. That's why God wrote most of the New Testament all in it. All right? Because it's very specific and very precise. They thought anybody else's language sounded like, oh, bar, 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 bar. <laughs> Like my son, who's from Lower Alabama now, and I have to get a translator to hear what he's saying on the phone because it sounds like he's talking with a mouthful of gravel. Or I don't know what you're What? What do you say? That's what all the other languages sounded like to them if it wasn't Greek. You were barbarians, bar, 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 barbarians. They were intellectually superior. They had all the power. Rome, dude, physical power. Nobody messed with Rome. Boom. Boom. I'll take you out right now, and I'll make an example of you so nobody else. They thought they had power. Paul says, no, no, man. He said, this is power. You know what I got in this bag, Jack? I got power. And this ain't your power. This ain't Roman power. This ain't your employer's power. This ain't court power. This ain't government power. This is God's power, y'all. Does anybody have more power than God? Who has the most power, Sue? God. Yes. All right. Yeah. God. God's power. Power, look at this. He's going to say power that makes dead people come alive. Anybody here have power? Dude, here's what I'd love for you to do, man. Anybody who thinks they are powerful. Marley, you're pretty powerful, right? Marley's like, oh, no. All right, Marley, can you make this bucket come alive? Anybody here got enough power to make this bucket come alive? You understand before you are saved, you are spiritually dead? There's nothing you can do to figure it out, to earn it, to get going. God has to make you spiritually dead, become spiritually alive. How many of y'all had that happen? Anybody? Yeah. So, man, that's what this power is. Is there any greater miracle? Oh, I'd like to see a miracle where he heals my leg. Me too. 
But the fact is, everybody he healed died, didn't they? Oh, I'd like to see, man, how many of y'all would like to see him take a, you know, Austin comes over to y'all's house and he's got a little lunchbox his mama packed, right? You said I could kind of mess with him a little bit, right? Lunchbox his mama packed, oh, here it is. And, and, and you bring Sophie and you got like a couple of fish and some crackers, man. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and he turns it into a feast for the whole neighborhood. Man, how many of y'all like to see him turn a couple of sardines and saltines into a feast for everyone? Y'all are hungry again, aren't you? But everybody he fed, what happened to those folks? They died. He did all those things to show people that I have the ability, that I have the ability to raise you from the dead and make you alive. There is no greater miracle than when he made you spiritually alive. You had no desire for, how many of you have a desire for God? How many of you have a desire to please him? And you love him, anybody? Yeah. You didn't have that desire when you came in this world. Romans is going to show us that. You had a desire for yourself. You went to church is because it would please somebody. You did things the certain way, it was because it was going to work out for you somehow, some way. <laughs> it wasn't for you and God and your relationship with him. He made you alive. So man, he said, here's the power. He said, man, I, in, this, in this bag, I got, I got power. But in order to believe I even have this bag, Tom, what do you have to have? Faith. Yeah, you have to have faith in who gives you faith. Yeah, did you come to a point where somebody said, hey, here's a bag of God power. You want it? You didn't get saved? Yeah, yeah. No, but, but when God gave you the desire and ability, you're like, yeah. Okay, in fact, Corinthians even said it's foolishness to those that don't believe. There's a whole passage on that. It's crazy until God gives you the ability. So he says, man, am I ashamed? No, you know what I have here? I got power. And uh, why is this thing doing this? Do you have any clue? A loose connection? Okay, I am a loose connection. All right, so here we go. So here he says, listen to this again. I am not ashamed of the, what's the next word? Hey, what does gospel mean? good news. You don't have to die and go to hell. You don't have to die and take the wrath and punishment for your sins. That's the worst part. Man, you sin, there's punishment, there's wrath from God that comes on that. You don't have to take it anymore. You, God took it. Christ took it when he's on the cross. He took the penalty uh, uh, for your sins and the power of your sins away. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of who? Whose power is it? God's power. Not the world economics power. Not Congress. Not the House of Representatives power. Not Senate's power. Not presidential power. Not some political party. Oh, if we could just all become Republican again. No, dude. Give up on all that being your solution. Now, you vote and you do things and vote for the platform that's going to give you the greatest opportunity to do what God wants you to do. That's what we vote for in that. But you got to understand, they ain't in control. If you still think they're not in control, God is. There's other people that think they're in control. The handlers think they're in control. But they're not even in control. God's in control of it all. And God is the one who puts people in office and takes people out. He's shown us that. And he always gives people the leadership that they deserve. Even if he had to rig an election to do it. And I'm not saying he did, but I'm just saying any of that for what it took, he could do that. The only reason we have who we have in office right now is God put him there. 
So man, give God glory in that. Live with it. Figure out what he's trying to do in your life. He's given you an opportunity to become more like him. And he's given you an opportunity to give him glory. Because the crummier things get, the more he's going to do. The darker things get, the brighter your light can shine. And it ain't coming from some political party. Amen? Good. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of the gospel, man. That's where the power of God is. For salvation. To who? To everyone who believes. It's for salvation. That's what the gospel... It's to save you. There's no greater need in man's life than to be saved. People say, oh, that's an outdated term. That's old school, man. No, you need to be saved from God's wrath. You need a new nature to be saved from you. You need to change because the, the, you, he told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. You came in as a highfalutin Jew, man, and you came in over here to meet me to help, to help me figure out how we're going to like take the kingdom back for Israel and all this. I, I need a plan. You need to be born again. Being born a Jew and even elite Jew isn't enough. You need to be born again because what is of the spirit is spirit. What's of the flesh is flesh. You want to stay flesh? That's all you can experience is things of the flesh. You've got to be spiritual to experience the things of the spirit. You've got to be born again. I ain't ashamed of the gospel. It's power. Real power. Is it, is it real power, MJ? I ain't bringing nothing up, but man, you were the one last week. You shared. You said, man, it was a year ago. I lost my baby, and I could not even go back. To, a year ago on Mother's Day. It was further than that, but you said on Mother's Day last year, you sat in the car and you cried. I can't even go into church. But look what God's power's done in my life this year. Anything? Amen. I'm not saying it doesn't still hurt and you still got to work through, but God's power can change things. Do you agree with that? Amen. And that's what different testimonies, that's what you all are saying at the beginning of the service. God's power. It's not your power. Your mental intel. Oh, I watched Oprah and read her books and this one. And, and oh, I'm applying this to my... No! It's God's power that he's given you. So man, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's power of God unto salvation. You know who needs this? Who needs it, y'all? Everyone. Do you need it? Yeah. Yeah, you needed it at salvation. You need it through sanctification. And one day there's going to be glorification where you're made just like God. And everything's going to be perfect. But everyone needs this. Look what he says. I am not ashamed of the gospel for its power of God for salvation to who? Everyone. Anybody excluded in that, y'all? Hey, Sue, is anybody excluded in that? Oh, I thought you were going to say God, because he's the one who gives it to us, right? Huh? I, I know. I, I knew that. You never hear me. You just say God. I said, I got it. All right. It's all good. To everyone who what? What's the word here? That's the key to believe. But again, the word believe doesn't mean believe in your head and say, oh, I acknowledge the fact Jesus is God. It even tells in James that the devils know that's true. They know who he is, and they're going to hell. That's not what this word believe means. It's the Greek word pistuo that originally meant to lean on a crutch. And so they saw somebody leaning on a crutch and said, we got to come up with a word for that. Is that the word you would have come up with? Somebody leaning on a crutch, would you say, oh, pistuo, that's what it is. I don't even know where they got the word from, but pistuo, if you're leaning on a crutch, Captain Mary, and the crutch gives out, what's happened to you? You're falling. If, it, if you don't fall, were you really leaning on the crutch? 
No, you got to put all your faith and weight, all of your trust in it. At some point in time, God gives you the ability to do that. That's what this word believes. So anyone who believes at some point in time says, man, I'm his. I give up. I don't want to be the boss anymore. I give up. I'm his. And you put all your faith and trust at that point in time in him. Now, I'm not saying we don't have our moments, but we live a lifestyle of faith where we continually put more and more trust in him. That's what pastuo is. You believe. It's a point in time experience. It's a per- in the perfect Greek tense where it means you do it at that time. It has everlasting effects. That's your salvation. He said, man, that's the power to everyone who believes, everyone who puts their faith and trust in all of this. JT, how, mu- how much faith and trust you got in that chair right there, bro? None? You're sitting in it? How much of your weight is on that chair right now? All of it. You ain't sharing even like got a leg over on your wife's chair too, right? In case yours gives out. All of it. All of it. That's what salvation is. You're putting all your faith and trust in him. That's what you're doing. All right. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Again, right there, we talked about the Jew first, the Jews that was Nicodemus's problem. He thought, we're Jewish, so we have salvation. Exclusive rights. We don't have to do anything else. No, the Jews have to be born again. And one day they will. That's what the tribulation period is for. If you want to learn more about that, jump into the book of Revelations with us on Monday nights. But the Jews had the first offer at it. And then they were supposed to bring it to the rest of the world. And that's exactly what happened. That's what Paul's doing at this point as he goes to Rome. So, do you know what you get from God's power? This is the key in this, all right? And that's why we needed to get to this. So, so here's what you get from God's power. This bag, this bag that I have that you have to believe that I have a bag. Right here, Tom? You believe it? And, 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 and how do you believe it? Through what? Through faith, because you can't see it. But God gives you the ability to believe what he wrote in his word, and you just roll with that. And you put it into practice. Does it work, MJ? Yes, it works. It's true. It's there. Here's what you get from God's power. You get righteousness in faith. Look at this. For in it, the righteousness of God. This rocked John Calvin's world when he finally understood this. Because when he first looked at it, the righteousness of God. God, how righteous is God, Gary? All righteous. Man, Jack, how righteous is God? Perfect. All right. Man, so everybody looked at this. He looked at it back in the day and he was like, dude, this means that God is totally righteous, and as righteous, he's looking at me, and I'm what? Yeah, like, like I'm unrighteous. Compared to God, I'm unrighteous. But that's not what this verse says. And when he understood what this verse really meant, this is what rocked him and gave him revival. Because I do think as human beings, we have this performance-oriented theology built into us that I have to do what's right to be accepted by God. I have, every time I mess up, God's up there with a giant fly swatter waiting to whack me. I, I, I got to do what's right. I got to do what's right. If I don't, God doesn't like. Why? Because we judge others by ourselves, don't we? If, somebody, if somebody's done you wrong, what do you, how do you judge them? Yeah, that, and that's how we judge God. We judge others by ourselves. So we think in God's world that God's the same way. No, God's prayer. He's righteous. And so for in it, the righteousness of God, it's God's righteousness. It's revealed from faith to faith. And what this means is that God's perfect righteousness is now applied to you. 
Do you want my righteousness? Hey, uh, Gabriel and Caitlin, for salvation, to be judged by God in the end, when you stand before God, do you want to present to him my righteousness? No, why? You've seen me mess up before a few times, right? Yeah, you don't want my righteousness? You just, you've been talking to my wife, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. My righteousness isn't good enough. But how good is God's righteousness? Perfect. God's righteousness is perfect. You want God's righteousness. God requires righteousness to cover your sin. And the righteousness that he requires is the righteousness that he gives us through Christ. You get that. When you, by faith, grab the bag and you say, I need power. I want this power from God. It's the power to apply his righteousness to your life. So when he looks down at you, Barb, who does he see? First of all, does he see Barb and her sinful self? Or does he see Christ and his blood and the perfect righteousness of Christ? You guys got to know this. Who does he see first? Does he see you or does he see Christ? He sees Christ. He sees his righteousness. That's, this is a key. You are covered when God looked. You are righteous already. So you're like, no, no, you did not see me last night. <laughs> you didn't see me this morning. No, here's this mountain of evidence in front that I can show you. There's video proof that I'm not righteous. There's video. There's a mountain of evidence. The people in my family saw me blow up. They saw these different things happen. I am not righteous. No, that's the old man. The old man is dead. You got to believe what God said. God said you are righteous. Hey, did God say that if you surrender your life to him, you're saved? Did God, did God say you're covered by the blood, JT, for salvation? Yeah. So y'all believe that, right? But we have a problem believing this whole righteousness thing. Because inside, we don't feel righteous. Inside, we have sin. Inside, we have a mountain of evidence saying we are a scumbag. How many of y'all have a mountain of evidence saying you are a scumbag? Yeah. Sean, man, you do stuff you don't want to do and don't do stuff you want to do. That's the Apostle Paul. He's the one writing this. And he says, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what this evidence. If you believe God, you are what God said you are. And the more you believe you are what God said you are, you're living in faith, and now you have the power to do it. When you're tempted, when you're tested, when you want to blow up, you know what you need to realize? You got to realize, I don't have to do this. When you're tempted to do something you shouldn't be doing, you catch yourself. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and says, no, 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 this is not right. At that point, you have a choice. You're like, oh, I'm too far in. <laughs> I'm too, man, I'm going for it. That's your choice. You chose to live in the old man. When God says you are righteous, you're a new man, you don't have to do it. At any point in time, when the conviction comes from the Holy Spirit to say, no, 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 you stop and you say to the old, you don't have to talk to the old man. You realize who you are in your righteousness. You say, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul said, you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. The next verse, that's when we get cocky. Oh, I got this handled. Boom. But he said, there's no temptation you take in you, but such is common to man. But God's faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation, he will make a way for you to escape. You know what his way to escape is? Doing what he said to do. And not going along with your feelings, not going along with your hormones, not going along with your emotions, not going along with your friends leading 
people in the wrong direction. Again, it's following him. That's what faith is. Faith is believing him in spite of the giant mountain of evidence and circumstances and feelings that I have. How many of y'all follow those feelings, circumstances, evidences? Now, I'm not saying God doesn't want us to be wise and look at things, but you've got to see them from his perspective. God says, go. Man, go. God says, do this. This is what you do. God says, don't do this. It's not what you're supposed to do. And it's not a legalistic thing. He's keeping you out of trouble. He's making you more like him, and he's going to get the glory. Don't follow your feelings. That's a bunch of worldly junk. Don't follow your emotions. That's a bunch of worldly junk. You follow them if they're leading you where God wants you to go, but if they're against God, you say, no, I don't have to do this. How many of y'all know the devil can't make you do it? Y'all know that? I don't care what's going on in there. He said, man, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed to us. I have God's righteousness. His blood covers me. I'm, I'm perfect in his eyes. And one day in glorification, I'm going to be perfect. He's on this sanctification process trying to make me more like him. That's why everything comes in my life so I can choose him. And by the way, what's the only way we can show him we love him? Obedience. Yeah. Choosing to obey him. That's the only way we can show him we love him. If we disobey him, we're showing him we love us or something or someone else. But we show him we love him through obedience. Hey, Michelle, is he giving us the power to obey him? Always? Come on. There's not going to be anything in our life that we're like, oh, no, God, this is too powerful for even you. <laughs> God, God, I'm just going to have to give it. Is there anything like that, Michelle? No. But how many of y'all ever felt overpowered? Every one of y'all do. Every time you sin, including me. We feel overpowered by our circumstances, our situations, our emotions, our hormones, our, 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 our pain, our joy, or whatever. But the fact is, is we've got to believe what God said over any of those things. God said you're righteous. So if God says you're righteous, Kathy, is he going to give you the ability to do the right thing? Absolutely. That's what his power does. Isn't that cool to have the ability to do the right thing? Tom, you're getting a little older as a surfer now. You're in your 40s, right? I'm just saying, man, have you ever like just looked down the line and said, oh, I'm going to do this, man. Here's my next move, man. Have you ever gone for it and just kind of cooked it because you didn't have the power to do it? Yeah, it's kind of like old guys playing basketball, right? Y'all like watching old guys play basketball? They, they get in there and then they just can't finish, man. I'm not saying that's you at surfing yet. That's my age, right? <laughs> I can't even pop up no more, bro, but I'm just saying. You, he gives you whatever he asks you to do. He gives you the ability to do it, but you have to believe it. We talk about all these old oh, physical addictions and mental addictions. And man, the world just got a way to, us to describe all kinds of sin so that we can accept it and think that we need to be, to, you know, we have an illness. No, we have a sin problem. And it's been solved by salvation. When you give your life to him, he gives you power to not have to do it again. You don't have to do it again. Somebody send me a text next week as I'm driving 25 down Indian River Drive. You don't have to do it again. 
I don't have to get angry and think about it and, and get upset. I just got to realize this is God's will or take a different route. I affectionately call US-1 the hell simulator. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to go that way. <laughs> I've already avoided that temptation. Maybe I, I just don't know. <laughs> but again, I don't have to let it control me, whatever it is. If it's sin, it has no control over me, but I just have to believe it. You believe what God said all the time? Do you believe? That's the key. We as Christians in the church, we tend to have a no-brainer belief on, oh, Jesus saved me. His blood cleansed me from my sins, and I, my sins are well. I'm going to heaven when I die. How many of y'all are going to heaven when you die? Let me see your hands. Yes, thank you. I'm just waking you up right now and letting you smell how somebody's deodorant's failed next to you. But we believe that. We're going to heaven when we die. No problem. We have that. How many of y'all believe you don't have to sin again? It's the same word of God. It's the same word of God. We believe in that salvation, but we have a real big problem believing in deliverance because the world's got us duped. Satan's got us duped. Our feeling, no, you don't understand the feelings I have inside and the desires, and yeah, I do. They've been killed, and they're left on the cross with the old man. You don't have to live there. You find yourself in the wrong place, Beg God to take you. Just go in the right place. You're already there. Can you imagine if, if we all of a sudden were praying right now, oh, dear God, please bring me to Driftwood Church this morning. Hey, let's pray that right now. What, what do you think, Terry? Terry? Terry gets up, oh, dear God, please bring me to Driftwood Church this morning. You're praying that right now. What do you think about that prayer? Kind of stupid, isn't it? Because you're already here. <laughs> Just saying. He's praying the other, please, dear God, get me out of Driftwood Church this morning. <laughs> It's, 12, it's 11, 12 already, but please, God, my stuff. But, but would that be, not be silly to pray? Oh, dear God, bring me to church this morning. Marley, what do you think about that prayer? Kind of dumb because you're already here, right? We pray for so many things we already have. Oh, dear God, deliver me from this evil. Deliver me from this addiction. Oh, dear God, deliver me from this situation. Deliver me. Deliver me. You've been delivered. That's what righteousness means. He's given you the power in salvation. That's the power you have to not have to do anything wrong again. I'm not saying we're not going to, but you don't have to. And if we started thinking that, you know, all of a sudden, I don't want that. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not feeling, no. And we focus on what God does want us to do. Guess what? We're not doing what he, want, what we, he doesn't want us to do. He gives us power. And in that power comes righteousness. Whether you, want, whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, you have it. It's yours. In it, the righteousness of God, and it's revealed from, from what to what? What's the F word again, y'all? Each time you choose to implement faith, you choose, but God, there's all these chairs in front of me, and, and you, God, I can't go. Just go. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he wants a supernatural. I don't know if he wants to use JT to move him so I can get through. I don't know if he wants me to temporarily be skinny enough to squeeze through, but I'm going by faith, Amen. He says, go, go, but there's chairs. In Proverbs, oh, the slugger doesn't do it because he says, there might be a lion outside. Well, there might be. 
Might be all kinds of things for all of you people who are so good at predicting the future. If you're that good, go buy a lottery. Oh, wait a minute, you don't, you don't gamble. Oh, go buy stocks instead. And <laughs> I'm joking, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, if you can predict the future, dude, go buy stocks and, don't, and, and, and tithe, all right? That's all I'm saying. We're not very good at predicting the future, are we? But what we are good at is following God. If we're a believer, he's given us righteousness, given us the ability to follow him, and we just need to exercise it and do it. We just need to do it. Every time you get in a situation that requires faith, righteousness of God is revealed. Man, there's no way I can do this. Oh, there's no way I can be around those people and not do this. Oh, yeah? Watch me, man. I have the righteousness of God. Watch what I do. I'm going to do the right thing because God's given me the power, and I believe that that power is just as powerful as the power that saved me, the power to do the right thing. I'm not going to fall for this. I'm not going to go do what the world does. I'm, not going to, I'm going to do the right thing. That's from faith to faith. I have to exercise faith in every one of these situations because look what he says. The righteous shall live by what? And the righteous, some of your versions might say, the just shall live by faith. Just. Somebody said once, justification is God treating you just as if you haven't sinned. In his eyes, you are perfect because he gives Christ's righteousness, his justification on you. And you have that. Now, you don't have to sin. You want to sin? Go ahead. You want to go pass on the double line? Go ahead. Y'all want to respond to that thread on social media? Go ahead. You want to fight? with your wife or husband or somebody else, go ahead. You don't have to. Oh, you don't know my wife, man. I'm not talking about mine, but I'm just saying you don't have to. You don't have to sin. Do you believe that as much as you believe you're saved? If not, that's what I need you to work on this week. You try it. Every time you catch yourself with sin in front of you, say, I ain't got to do that. I ain't got devil to be, oh, yes, you do. Oh, there's no other way through this mountain, man. You're going to have to do it the way God doesn't want you to. you got to do it that way. No, I don't. Do you, Erica? No, I don't have to. I can do it the right way in spite of that mountain of evidence in front of me saying I don't have to do it. I can't do it. You can't. Yes, I can. You know why? Because God says I can, and I have faith in him more faith than I have in all the circumstances and situations and feelings that I could ever have piled in front of me. The righteous, those who he has made righteous and those who he has given his righteousness to shall live by faith. Because you know why? To live righteous and to, you can't always see the path. You, can, you know his word. You know what he's asking you to do. And that you can do. I'm telling you, you have the power. That's real power. And that's eternal power. So don't, y'all remember Flip Wilson by any chance? Anybody remember Flip Wilson? Let me see how old you are. You're not even old enough to remember Flip Wilson, man. There was a dude back when there were only three TV channels in Orlando, man. Four, if you had, you could make a special antenna on the back of your antenna, but on your, your, your TV. But there was a show called Flip Wilson, right? Comedy Hour. Y'all, yeah, Geraldine, yeah. He, he, would dress, he was cross-dresser on this part. He, it wasn't look like it is today, but he, he would dress up as a lady, and he was called Geraldine, right? Y'all remember Geraldine, anybody? I bet you can Google up Geraldine and see it. But Geraldine always would do bad things, and what would she always say? 
Yep, the devil made me do it. And we developed that. Yeah, and she had a way of saying, oh, the devil made me do it. And all the white people were like, ah, you know, but it was like, but listen, it was a, yeah, it, 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 you go, go Google it up. You'll see, man. We didn't get butthurt over TV back then. If you really want to put yourself to the test, go watch Archie Bunker, man. <laughs> go watch one episode of that. Man, we loved that. We lived through it and we accepted it. And it was like, dude, it's all cool, man. You know? But in that, the devil made me do it. We accepted that as a culture, didn't we? Devil can't make you do anything. So as much as you believe that you are saved by the blood of Christ, believe with your whole heart and soul that you are righteous by the cross. You don't have to do the wrong thing. I dare you. I dare you when you catch yourself doing the wrong thing to say, God, okay, give me the power to do the right thing. I dare you, because he's going to give it to you. You know why you might not want that? Because you might just want to keep doing the wrong thing. That's on you. But he's giving you the power to do the right thing. Watch him work. Let's pray. Father, I'm coming in the name of Jesus, and I'm grateful for that name, because only by that name and what he did that I can actually even pray and know that you are hearing my prayer. Father, I think, again, back in the day, the Old Testament priest could come in your presence once a year, uh, swinging incense, which represented the prayers of the people, bringing an offering of blood, uh, hoping that you would accept it. And for all practical purposes, we know that you did, but we hear that they actually even tied a rope around the guy's ankle in case you didn't accept it. No one was going in after him. They would yank him out. But Father, we know that Christ, the high priest, came and offered a sacrifice to you for righteousness once and for all, and you accepted it for everyone. At the moment he died, Father, the, the big giant curtain between the holy of holies and the, pe and, and the people, Father, it just ripped in half from the top to the bottom and gave us access to you. So through Christ and what he did on the cross, we have salvation. We have access to the most powerful God in the universe, the only God there is. You told us in, 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 in Exodus and the Ten Commandments, have no other gods before me just because there are no other gods. Anything else is not even a god, but help us to worship you and worship you only. Father, help us to not, I don't even want to use the word ashamed. I want to use the word afraid. Help us, Father, to be so soul conscious that any situation we're in, not that we have to beat somebody over the head with the Bible, but we just share with them what you've done for us. Father, when we clearly see you open an opportunity to share with others what you've done for us, Father, I pray we'd be faithful to do it, not in an embarrassed way, but realizing that if the living knew what the dead know, everyone will follow Christ. Help us know a little better, Father, what the dead know so we can fall more in love with you and do crazy things for you and share you with others. Help us never to be embarrassed, ashamed, afraid, but help us realize that what we have to offer is what everybody in the world needs and there's no other substitute. Father, I think of how bold people are with a lie. Help us be that bold with the truth. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.